Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. So Flip This House is a series that we're talking about remodeling our lives. So just like you remodel uh, your homes and there are times that you have to update, you have to change things around and, and you, uh, you do things like if you buy a new home, you're always remodeling that. And guess what? As throughout the whole time of you have a home, usually you're continually remodeling your house. Our lives should be very similar to that. We should continually be transformed into the image of Christ. That's what, that's what the Bible says, that we're to be transformed into the image of Christ. And so that, that requires us to continue to do work in it and through our lives. And, and our vision statement for this church is creating an environment to see what God can do in you as well as through you. Today, I, finished, I thought that on this series, this is a great way to finish this series. And I'm going to talk to you today about renewing your spirit. Because right now, it just seems like in everything that's going on, our spirits can get super heavy. I mean, it's just like our spirits can just get weighed down. And we need to learn how to renew our spirit. Because we're not of this world. We aren't. That's what the Bible says. If you haven't read the Bible lately, that's what it says. We're not of this world. We're citizens of heaven. And we think differently. So how do we go about renewing our spirit? And I was thinking about what do we do when we have a party? Let's say if you have a birthday party or you have a bunch of, and you want to invite a bunch of guests over to your home. What's one of the things that you do? You immediately start to declutter the house. You immediately go through and you make sure everything is clean. And you go out into the yard and you make sure that you, ne- you, know, you haven't edged your yard for like four or five weeks. And you make sure it's just perfectly edged. And you put on your best face, don't you, when you invite people over to your house. And you clean, you make sure everything's in place. And basically you freshen up your house for that party. Our spirit also needs to be renewed or refreshed on a regular basis. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, verses 22 through 24. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, Truly righteous and holy. As we live our life in Christ, we constantly need to renew our spirit by refreshing our thoughts and our attitudes. I am speaking to myself. Man, if I look at the wrong thing right now, it just seems like if I look at Twitter and I see something, or if I look at Facebook, or if I watch the news, man, something has a tendency to just trigger me. And that's my flesh. It's my flesh. And I need to let the spirit of God, I need to be renewed in my spirit. Amen. Just like a, um, you know, when you're, we've been quarantined, you know, and uh, Annette and I once in a while, you know, we have, it gets hot one day or a couple days in a row. You have all your windows closed. You turn your air conditioning on. You know how your house can get that stale smell once in a while and you just need to open up your windows and re- you just bring, sometimes our life can get stale. And sometimes we just need a new fresh breeze of the Holy Spirit to come in our lives and renew our spirit once again. And the reason that we need that is because even though we, our righteousness is found in Jesus Christ, amen? amen. Our righteousness is found in Jesus Christ, meaning this, that God knows that we are sinful people. That's why he sent his son Jesus Christ. And so we live under his grace. 
And we still, even as Christians, have a propensity towards sin. And we're breaking that off our life. It's called sanctification. And we continue to be sanctified in Jesus Christ. We continue to say no to sin and yes to Jesus Christ. Well, we need that refreshing our, of our spirit on a constant basis. As Christians, we constantly need to apply what Jesus is teaching through his word and through the power of his Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have to be willing to go backwards so that we can start moving forward again. And what I mean with that statement, sometimes what I'm saying about going backwards, it's meaning getting back into God's word. Getting back into prayer. Getting back into the basics of what brought us to Christ in the very first place. That's that renewal, that's that refreshing of our spirit. Again, the Apostle Paul wrote in the scripture I just read, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Renewing your spirit will help reset your thinking. Renewing your spirit will help reset your thinking. The two go hand in hand. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance of the heart. What you allow to enter into your mind will affect your spirit. And what you allow to enter into your spirit will affect your mind. The two go hand in hand. It's kind of like, like Tom Brady and, and Ron Gronkowski. They're just kind of inseparable, you know what I mean? Wherever Tom Brady goes, Gronkowski follows with him. They stick together. So let's discuss how do we renew. I, always, I really felt like that was going to get a bigger laugh, by the way. I don't know. I just kind of really didn't get one last night either. And I thought with this crowd today, I thought it was going to get a bigger laugh. And I thought, no, it's bomb. So i got to rewrite some of my stuff, material on that. So let's discuss how do we renew our spirit. The first thing I thought about was renew your spirit through repentance. Repentance is an instrument that God has given us to remove. And let me just, I can read this, but let me share something with you. So many of us as Christians think that repentance was the first, the one act that we did when we came at salvation. And that's the only time we ever need to repent. But some people think that direction. And that's not true. Our, we should have a heart of repentance. We, we should have a life of repentance. Repentance is an instrument that God has given to us to remove the obstacles from our lives that are holding us back from our relationship with him. Repentance means to be sorrowful or have remorse uh, over the wrongs that you have done. Repentance means that you're saying no to sin and you're saying yes to God. It's literally making a 180 degree turn towards God and walking away from sin. Sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes sin is very appealing. It is. It draws you. I mean, the, the, the devil, he, you know, it just... And what you have to do is you have to let the Holy Spirit rise up in your spirit and say, that's not of God. You have to, we all have to make a choice and we turn away from sin and we choose to walk towards God and say yes to God. It's a choice. I grew up in the state of Washington from Seattle area. I don't even know if I'm going to recognize my city anymore when I go home sometime, but a couple of my kids live there. But um, one of the things back when I grew up, uh, when I was driving was that there was no legal U-turns in Washington. In the state of Washington, there was no legal U-turns. So as you're driving down the road, if, if, you, know, if you all of a sudden just, oh, man, i got to go back. And, well, you couldn't just make a U-E. What you would have to do is you'd have to make a left turn, and then you have to make another left turn. You have to go around the block to get back onto the right direction. And if, you, if you've ever been to Seattle, one of the things you'll realize, Seattle's not l laid out in a grid format. 
So like when you make a left, sometimes you start going, there is no more left. And you're just now going another direction. And you're trying to figure out, how do I get back to this other road that's winding? It's like, oh my goodness. And, and I, when I first road trip out to California, I discovered U-turns. And they were legal. And they actually promoted them. I mean, they were on the signs. I thought, oh my gosh, I just stepped into paradise. Because it made sense to me. If you're going the wrong direction, why can't I make a legal U-turn and go the other direction? Guess what? Jesus made a way for you to make a U-turn in your life. And it's legal. It's the grace of Jesus Christ. It's the cross. The symbol is the cross. The signage is the cross. It's a legal U-turn for you where you can say no to sin and head back to Jesus. And he covers all the other stuff for you. All you have to do is have a heart of repentance. I love that. The Apostle Paul writes it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. He said, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it as the very power of God. It's the miraculous working of the Holy Spirit in your life that can take you from being a sinner. And there is nothing that you have to do. There's no work that you have to do. The only thing that you have to do is have faith in Jesus Christ to repent from your sins and start heading towards Christ, Amen. to be a follower of him. Amen. The cross is the sign of a legal U-turn. In Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, God says, I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. We need to have our courage revived once again in our lives. We need to have that fresh blowing of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Sin will crush your spirit if you don't repent of it. It will try to control every area of your life. Have you ever been caught up in sin? I have. And it's like, oh my gosh, and it starts just to control your life. And you have to say, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. That anger thing that's in me, that's not going to happen anymore. I'm gonna, it's not going to crush me anymore. I'm going to walk away from that and start moving forward Amen. in Jesus Christ. Jesus made a way for your forgiveness. And your spirit can be renewed. It's the power of of the cross. One of the most difficult sights to see is a person who has a defeated spirit. They have lost purpose and meaning and, and, and many times it's unresolved sin that is directing them towards a road of destruction. I've met with many people at different times that have come to me as a, because I'm a pastor and they think I have all the answers. I don't. Jesus does. But um, just letting you know that right now. So if you see your pastor, you know, not, man, Pastor Tom just, yeah, because I'm human. Jesus is the one that has the answers. So I just kind of reflect right back to Jesus in his word. I continue. That's where I land on, man. That's where I just continue to go forward. And I meet with people, and man, and we all have our struggles, but, you know, their marriage is falling apart. The kids are rebellious. Their jobs are losing. The house is in foreclosure. All these different things, and, and they're, they're missing joy. They're missing happiness. And, and sometimes life just happens. I get all that. But many times what happens when I'm meeting with people all of a sudden, they start sharing something with them, and I don't even have to say anything. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God all of a sudden reveals to them that they're living in sin. That they have chosen to go down a road that God cannot glorify, and they wonder why all these things are happening. It's because this sin has taken them down a direction of, of, of destruction. And all of a sudden, they, it, the, I see it in their eyes. The light bulb just pops on. And it's, oh, my goodness. And they choose at that point, they choose in their life, you know what? 
I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And all of a sudden, they start turning the right. And you, guess what? When all of a sudden, their focus is not on themselves or on, the, on the, all, all the issues that their spouse house, has. All of a sudden, when their focus is not there and their focus becomes on God, the marriage starts to come back together again. All of a sudden, when they start focusing on, on, the, on the Lord instead of, instead of what the kids are doing wrong, and they stop, stop focusing on all the wrong things of the kids, and they start focusing on what God created them to be and the right things of the kids, guess what? The kids stop rebelling, and they start following after the parents. And all these things start to take place, and it's because all of a sudden we turn back towards righteousness instead of following down the road of destruction, which sin will t- lead us in that way. Amen. This is why... We need to continually have an attitude of, res- of repentance. Our spirit gets weighed down by sin and the troubles of this world. And our spirit can become tired and lethargic. We need to frequently assess our motives and our attitudes and our intentions to confirm that they're pure and right before God. Before Jesus left this earth, he promised us the power of his spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts or challenges our spirit when we've done wrong. The Holy Spirit will not only reveal your wrongs, but he will, what, this is what's so cool about what God gave us. He gave us a spirit to guide us into all truth. We don't, we don't walk this life alone. We don't have to. We can choose to. It's our choice. But we don't have to. We can choose, man. We can just hook up with Jesus. I mean, you know, get arm to arm with Jesus. And he will just walk together through this life. Having an attitude of repentance clears the way for the Holy Spirit to work freely in your life, which will renew your spirit to the objectives and the purposes of God. Um, my father-in-law, mother-in-law, Pastor Johnny and Elaine, many of you know them, they celebrated 54 years of marriage just like three days ago. Yeah, give them applause. When I was a young man, Pastor Johnny shared with me the success of marriage and what the actual secret of success was for marriage. He said, every morning when I wake up, I turn to Elaine. I say, I'm sorry, Elaine. <laughs> every night before he goes to bed, he wakes up or he goes to bed, he goes, I'm sorry, Elaine. He begins his day and he ends his day with a repentant heart. You know what? That could work for us when it comes to God. Yes, if you want to have a great relationship with God, Have a repentant heart, meaning this. Hey, God, check my spirit. Is there anything within me that needs to change? Is there anything within me that's holding me back from all that you have for me? That's living a repentant heart. Unconfessed sin will bind you and put you into bondage. Repentance sets you free. One of the greatest psalms in the Bible is found in Psalms 51. It's really the Psalms where Nathan the prophet comes to David because David was in sin with Bathsheba. He was committing adultery. He didn't even realize what he was doing. That's how deceived David was. And it required a prophet named Nathan to come to David and say, hey, you're living in sin. And once David discovered what, we, what he was doing, how horrible it was, he wrote Psalms 51. And I'm just going to share just one section of that, verses 10 through 12. But listen to the beauty of a repentant heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. See, David knew what the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. Restore to me the joy of your salvation 
and make me willing to obey you. What a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful prayer that we can put into our lives as well. Repentance will renew your spirit and fill your life with peace and joy. Second thing I want to share regarding repentance. Renew your spirit through subtraction. Through subtraction. There are times in our lives where we can get so overwhelmed with all the things that we have to do. I don't know if you have this problem, but sometimes, at least for Pastor Tom, I have a difficulty sometimes of saying no. We, most of us, a lot of us are people pleasers. And we want to please others. So what happens is when other people start asking, and you, you say yes, 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 yes. And all of a sudden you over, become overwhelmed in your life. And all of a sudden your spirit starts to get weighed, weighed down. Do you know that even Jesus went out into the wilderness to get time away to spend with his heavenly father? He had worked hard all day. You, you, see, saying no should not give, give you the right just to be lazy. That has nothing to do with it. Saying no should be something that renews your spirit so that you can be more effective for the next day. See, we need to continually renew our spirit. And Jesus even knew that he had to get away and spend time with his heavenly father. In John chapter 15, verses 1 through 2, Jesus writes these words. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do, bear, or that, that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Jesus was a capitalist. We didn't know that, but he is. That's what that scripture says. <laughs> Producing more. At times, we need to remove the clutter from our lives. We need to prioritize what's important. What's bearing fruit in my life? And put more energy to that. Stop putting energy to those things that are not bearing fruit in your life. They're not doing anything for you. What, what, what's the greatest return that God has put in me that I can use to bless others and to glorify him? Put your energy to there and declutter those other things. That's what this scripture is talking about. Take and remove the clutter from the other areas of your life. Jesus is sharing in the scripture that God will prune away those who are not producing fruit. Because... Because a branch that's not producing fruit is taking valuable resources away from the branches that are. This truth rings true for our spirit. Many times our spirit can become weary and we need to check and see if there's something that we need to declutter from our life. Every so often, we need to just take time. What are the distractions in my life that no longer need to be there? Take an assessment. When you get ready to sell a house, how many have ever sold a house? If you're watching online, you're probably in your home right now. And have you ever sold a house in your life? And have you ever, when you do so, most of the time you hire a real, real estate agent that comes into your house. One of the things that a good real estate agent will do, they'll walk into your home and they'll assess it. And they'll look at it. And what happens in our lives many times as homeowners, we just keep collecting Oh, this will look good on that wall. Remember that one little blank space that we have in that one wall? We put another picture there. And Oh, yeah, you know, we need one more love seat or one more couch in that room. And, you know, I think I can fit a pool table inside that couch over there. And you start to get all this furniture. You start, and a real estate agent will look at it and say, man, you know what? We really need to, we, we need to stage this house better. 
This house is not going to sell well if we don't stage it better. So we need to declutter some of the stuff from your home. And they start going through and assessing, hey, I would take this out, I'd take this out. And people have to literally rent a storage unit for all their stuff so that they can declutter their house to get it ready for sale. And I was thinking about that that's the way our spirit can become. Let me share this truth with you. God loves you enough to prune away the areas of your life. He is a good, good father. And if you don't do it, he will do it for you. That's how much he loves you. If you don't believe me, read the Old Testament. If you follow along in the Old Testament, you'll discover that the Israelites continued to struggle by bringing new stuff into their lives, new gods, new idols, new things that they started to worship. And over and over and over again, God would all of a sudden take the Israelites through a time of difficulty, through a time of hardship, to remove that clutter out of their lives so that they would once again focus on the one true God. He would constantly, Yahweh would constantly remind them. Hey, I am the one true God. It's in his Ten Commandments. You shall not serve any other gods but me. And he'd have to remind them, hey, I need you to come back because you're not honoring me. If you don't remove those items that are distracting you from God, God will remove the items for you. And I want you to catch this thought. There's times where I'll make a statement, and I need you to put your baseball glove on, and I'm throwing out a thought, and I want you to catch this thought because it's so important. Because, see, God doesn't really care so much about what you have. God cares about who you are. It's not about all the things that you have. God cares about who you are as a person, where your heart is. That's what he loves. Take time to declutter. It will renew your spirit. And it will bring greater clarity into your life. Many times things will obstruct the view of what God is trying to reveal. And I was thinking about that thought. You are a creation of God. He designed you beautifully. And he wants to use you in a way that's going to glorify him. But what happens in our lives so many times is we bring so many other things into our lives that people can't see who you really are. And you start masking all kinds of different things in your life. And God's created you for a purpose, with a talent, with a design for you to be effective in reaching other people. And what happens, we get all this other stuff, just like when I talked about the real estate agent that had to declutter everything. God wants to reveal your beauty, not your clutter. The beauty of who you are is what is glorifying to God. Look what happens. I just, just for an example, look what happens. This is a room. Looks like a family room. And you know, some stuff in there. And and but look what happens when all of a sudden you take time to declutter some stuff. All of a sudden it becomes like, oh, this is an inviting place. This is open space. That's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to create an open space that where our where our lives can house the spirit of God in a greater way. The third thing I want to share with you today is this: renew your spirit. Through praise and worship. If you're just struggling, if you're just, just struggling with maybe oppression or depression and just the times of life right now is weighing heavy on you, man, sometimes you just need to turn everything off. You need to get to church. Amen. Or you need to be online watching like you are today if you're in your living room watching and being a part of church. Because there's something powerful that renews our spirit. But if, if it's not church time, make church time. Amen. You, don't, you are the church, right? 
You don't need a pastor to lead you in that way. I mean, it's, pastors are designed for a purpose. But guess what? You are followers of Jesus Christ. Throw some worship music on. Start praising God in your car. Just, man, you change the atmosphere. If, if, you, if you can't do it, get a friend. My wife helped me yesterday. I went home. For some reason yesterday, I was just, I'm just being honest with you, okay? Can I be honest? No? Okay, I won't be honest. Let me go back. Oh, I can't be honest? Thank you, Latasha. I appreciate you. I was struggling last night when I went home. And then I had to preach with me. Preach to me. Be thankful for a pastor's wife that will preach to her husband. And sometimes we just need to have that. And, man, all of a sudden I had to just rethink and just start praising, start worshiping the Lord, and just start filling my mind and my heart and my spirit with the righteous things of God. Praise and worship is the high-octane fuel that empowers your spirit. Why is it high-octane? Because it's the Holy Spirit. Praise empowers your spirit to run at another level. When you praise and worship, you're fueling your spirit with the very spirit of God. David writes in Psalms 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Not sometimes. Not when I felt like it. Oh, oh. Step on that right there. Not when I just feel like it. David says at all times I will praise the Lord. There's a reason he said that. Because you know what? Sometimes we just need to praise God. Even when we don't feel like it. We just need to start worshiping the Lord. His praise will continually be in my mouth. It raises our spirit. See, the Word of God can be just a page of, just a page of words to you. Or it can be very, the very living Spirit of God that comes alive in you. They're written for a purpose, for a plan. To change us from the inside out. To give us... Talk about guiding our lives. This right here, you want to talk about a guide? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise will lift your spirit. Man, you can be in the darkest of times. You can be going through. I was talking to a lady today who their family's going through some tough times. Lost, just lost her son-in-law. And she comes in with her smile. Because guess what? Praise is continually in her mouth and in her heart. She's not letting the world weigh her down. She's allowing God to lead her life. Many times in my life, it's when I'm worshiping and praising God that His greatest revelations are revealed in me. It's in those times of worship that my perspective is changed. When I'm out there worshiping or I'm down the front row, I'm raising my hands or I'm driving my car, I've all of a sudden, God just changes my perspective. Or I'm reading His Word. And something comes alive and, I hadn't, and it changes my perspective. In worship times, my perspective is changed. My spirit is renewed with a sharper vision of God's desires. I, I can accomplish way more for God's glory when my spirit is renewed. I'm going to say it one more time. I can accomplish, you can accomplish way more for God's, with God, in God's glory when your spirit is renewed. I've shared this story before. I share it with you again today. There's an old story back when lumberjacks didn't have all the chainsaws and everything else. There's a story about a young lumberjack and an old lumberjack that they were working out in the woods. And the younger lumberjack decided he was going to challenge this old guy to a cutting down a tree contest. And how many trees can we cut down in a day? The young lumberjack, man, he was built. He was ripped, you know, he was young, he had this great stamina, man, he was, 
There's no way. You know, the older lumberjack, he's been working for a lot of years. He had the respect of all of his friends. But he's old. He doesn't have the stamina. He didn't have the muscles that the young kid had, by no means. But he accepted the challenge of the young lumberjack. said, let's do it. So they started off early that morning. They started cutting down trees for the entire day. That young lumberjack, man, he hit it right off the bat. He didn't take a break. He didn't stop. Man, he is just cutting down trees. The old lumberjack, he would cut down one tree. And then he'd have to go take a 15-minute break, take a rest. And then he'd get back up, he'd cut down another tree. And then you would go back, take another 15-minute rest. By the end of the day, all the other lumberjacks, they looked at and they couldn't deny it. The old lumberjack had cut down more trees than the young guy did. And the young guy was so frustrated. How in, this, how in the world could this happen? He was watching the guy go over there and take a 15-minute break after each tree. How did he cut down more trees than I did? He goes to the lumberjack and says, I know you won this fair and square, but how in the world did you do such a thing? The old lumberjack looked at the young man. He said, well, what you didn't understand is that every time I was taking that 15-minute break, I was sharpening my axe. What happens with us When we choose to praise and worship, we're sharpening our vision of what God wants to do in our life and through our life. It's taking time with Him, and you will be able to accomplish way more than you could have ever imagined if you just spend some time with Jesus. Watch what He will do in and through your life. Renew your spirit. Put your trust in God. Watch what He will do. Lord, I thank You for Your Word today. I thank you that your word is powerful. Man, it's so good. It changes our life, Lord. Today I thank you for your word. And I pray that it will penetrate our hearts. And even during this week, as we go through our routine, Lord God, that you will continue to remind us by your spirit. Hey, Tom, you need to spend some time here. You need to spend some time with me. You need to spend some time with that person. They need to hear about my love. Lord, guide us and direct us. Renew our spirit today. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.